What's up, everybody? Uh, coming to you live from my parents' house. We got episode four here of the Changavi After Show. So welcome to the most casual show on the internet where any topic goes and this whole thing is completely unstructured. Uh, basically, the premise of this show, for those of you that are new, I'm just putting my knee up because we're so casual here. Uh, the premise to the show, for anybody that's new, is basically... All of the t- I brainstorm a bunch of topics before every Changabi show, and you get to see the final product, which is all of the great things that I have researched and you know, kind of try to be a little bit more credible on and get my information right. And then there's a bunch of topics that I don't do anything with, and usually they get rejected. Um, And I decided, why not make an after show where I talk about all of these incomplete thoughts and things that I truly care about, but found no place for them in the show, or they're just too stupid to be in the show. And my mic almost just fell off my desk. Uh, That's what happens when it's 11.37 p.m. and you record an episode on a Thursday night uh, during the holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Um, No, but the Changavi After Show, uh, welcome to it. It's the most casual show on the internet and the most opinionated show on the internet. So don't cite this in a research paper because there is nothing here you should cite uh, as all of this information is incredibly, (laughs) incredibly inaccurate for the most part. So do what you will with it. Uh, Just going to be going through a bunch of random thoughts here. um, So enjoy it. I guess. Uh, but, dude, we have to start this. I got to start off, man. I got to start off by having this conversation about Steph Curry. Are you kidding me? This man finally broke the record on Tuesday. Uh, 2,974 threes in like 700 games. That's incredible. That is just absolutely, I mean, it's unheard of. Nobody in the sport has even come close. Um, well, I mean... That's a lie because Ray Allen has come close. But, I mean, in terms of the amount in the number of games that he did it in, uh, he did it in about, what, 300 or 400 less games than Ray Allen, um, which is the equivalent of, like, you know, a three, four, five seasons less. So something like that. I can't do mathematics. For those of you that can, please feel free to discuss. Uh, Steph Curry, I mean, I guess by the record books, officially became the best shooter of all time. Which is great. That's fantastic for him and everybody, you know, who's a Warriors fan, e.g. me. So congratulations, Anuj, for being a fan of the best team in the league. I know, I know. Uh, how does it feel to be a fan of the best point guard in the league? Good, honestly. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyway, nonetheless, Stephen Curry is officially considered cheese. Dude, there's like this long hair sticking out of my microphone. I just found it gross oh my gosh uh this show is off to a fantastic start now um (laughs) but anyway uh Steph Curry broke the record and honestly like I've been struggling to find the words to uh kind of articulate how this what this record means because there are a lot of people out there who came up with very poignant tweets or very uh you know articulate speeches in describing and expressing the way that they were feeling and i i felt those same emotions but i couldn't articulate it uh in the moment because it was just so fresh and it happened so quickly 
And then it was like, oh my gosh, we're celebrating, but like it happened. And like, you know, it was just, it was a lot at once, but I, I thought I would try my best and, and try to kind of uh, express what this record and what Steph means to me, I guess, as a Warriors fan, because I think like what Steph means to me personally as like a, just a Golden State Warriors fan. I've never met the man before. I've never uh, interacted with his family at all. Like I, <laughs> I really have zero connection to the Curry family, but I feel like I, love them uh for some weird reason probably because of the fact that this man has given uh has been one of the main integral parts of uh five straight finals appearances in the in the, <laughs> um five straight NBA finals appearances three championships all brought back to my city to my hometown team that I've been supporting since I was a kid um and also the fact that he's he's just he looks like an average guy you know, Steph is not like a physical specimen. When you look at LeBron James, that man is six foot ten. He looks like a straight up monster. He looks like a genetically modified human. Steph Curry looks like a guy that I could probably meet at YMCA, right? In terms of his physicality. I'm not saying in terms of like his play. Okay, you can't just meet Steph Curry at every YMCA. You can meet wannabe Steph Curry's. Oh, I know a lot of wannabe Steph Curry's, including myself. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean you know, like I, I think like he just he's made the game of basketball so much more accessible to uh, people that look a certain way or look a little shorter or, you know, aren't the most physically dominant human beings on the planet. Um, and he's just done so much. And he's also done so much for this community. I mean, uh, the Bay Area like was a like the Warriors were perennial losers before he got here. And he has become one of the main reasons why they have won so many championships is, is due to his play, due to his level of play, due to his ability to be able to raise the level of other players on his team. I mean, he's, he's, he's just everything you could ever ask for in a human being off the court, you know, with, um, the way that he like is a father, the way that he handles situations outside, um, the way he's given back to the community through nonprofits like Eat, Play, Learn, stuff like that, you know, all of all of that stuff, but also like the on the court shit as well, you know, just uh, showing anybody, any 10 year old kid that they can they can find a way to break the game of basketball, uh, you know, whether that be shooting or whatever. And I think personally for me, like it's a combination of both, you know, I don't play basketball, but I think like I really just do love Steph because of the fact that he kind of does represent some aspects of like who I am as a person and that like, I, you know, I'm, I don't consider myself as this physically dominant human being, even though I am six foot five, which is, you know, pretty tall, uh, especially like considering my peer group, but you know, he, he kind of just the way that he goes about, and, the, and I guess like, it's more so like for me, like I connect to him on an off the court basis because the way that he just comes off the way he carries himself with confidence, but also with the fact that he just, he's very humble. He's a, just an incredible human being by all accounts. Um, and just a really good role model, you know? Uh, and I couldn't have asked for a better role model. And I think on Thursday, it was really nice to be able to, to celebrate that. Um, or sorry, Tuesday, it was really nice to be able to celebrate that for a second. Um, and I always, any chance I get you, you like someone, were to just ask me, it doesn't matter if it was like a news station in freaking Jackson, Mississippi. And they were like, talk about Steph Curry for an hour. I'd be like, okay, bet do it for free. Like, I don't care. Cause I just love him so much. And I, I just really 
genuinely love the way that he plays basketball um, and what he has given to my community as well as like just everything that he's given to the sport is, <laughs> I mean, and he's on my team. He's on my team, which is the coolest part of it all. So that's a really special thing. And I, I don't think the Bay Area is going to see another athlete like him because um, it's it's it'll just never happen. He's that he's that special. Steph is that special, and uh, and he's one of one, and I'm lucky I got to see him in my lifetime. I think that's one of the blessings I have as a sports fan is I, I got to watch Wardell, Stephen Curry the second for 12, 13 years now, and hopefully another 10 more, <laughs> although that's probably not going to happen. But anyway, Steph Curry, awesome. Uh, speaking of being a sports fan, though, I've been running into some trouble, um, and particularly with uh, – people that i live with uh aka my parents uh no i'm not gonna like rat them out for something okay don't worry uh my but my parents actually hate the fact that i'm a sports fan it's it's become it's become this fight in our household and i'm not gonna call it a fight because it's not a legit fight but it's become this whole thing of like a lot of passive aggressive comments coming both ways you know um my parents say I scream too loud and when I, when the Niners are playing and my parents say like basketball and football are stupid and they're not real passions. Um, and that I should go and, uh, do something else, whatever that is. Uh, so I was actually thinking about that a lot, like how, how watching sports isn't a real passion, how it's a waste of time. Um, why is watching sports a waste of time? Like, I'm curious. If, if those of you that do think that it is a waste of time, I'd be I'd be very curious to find out as to like why you think that and why you why you believe that to a certain extent. Sorry, I'm gonna move the camera a little bit because it's a little off center. That might be a little better. Um, although the microphone. Hold on, hold on. A little audible here. A little audible. No. See, this is what I have to do positioning anyway okay sorry um but we'll just we'll stick with this for a bit uh but my parents have been talking to me or not talking to me but they've been kind of expressing this fact that um being a sports fan is not uh a real thing right it's like why are you idolizing these athletes you'll never meet in your life right why are you watching this game like it's so boring um and i th i think the conclusion that i've come to uh, this thing of like being a sports fan and why I do it is, is, is a couple things. I think first is the fact that maybe, uh, watching sports has kind of given me a place in society. Uh, it's also built some of my best relationships. I, I think back to a lot of like my best friends, right? I think back to a lot of my like really close relationships that I have with, uh, guys and girls for that matter. And a lot of those relationships really do revolve around sports and sporting, you know, and like watching sports or whether it had been playing pickup basketball or talking about the playoffs or whatever it is, you know, sports has definitely built a lot of my built a lot of my relationships throughout my life. And I think I consider sports to be really important because of that fact, because of the fact that basketball and football have gotten me in the door and have gotten me friends that I could have, you know, easily not have like gotten if it weren't for sports in that, like it was our initial conversation topic. It was what got us close. And then you use that to springboard into other areas, obviously. 
Uh, but sports is a major thing. And I think it's it's like that for a lot of not not mostly men, I presume, but also I'm sure like there's a lot of like female and also like different male friend groups that like sports has really bonded them together and um, and can really create very inseparable bonds. In addition to it strengthening the relationships between not only just my family, not only just friends and family uh, members in particular, uh, I think sports just really uh, brings out encapsulates a lot of uh, positive memories for me. Um, you know, I've, I've watched these teams for years. I've watched the Warriors. I've watched the 49ers. Um, and it's been, it's been a wild ride, of course, but at the end of the day, like (laughs) the, and, and, you know, I, I get mad and I get angry at, you know, teams and players and coaches and whatnot. But at the end of the day, like I would not have it any other way. You know, there was no other, there was no other thing I would rather be doing than watching that Super Bowl game in 2020, right? When my 49ers last, there was nothing I would have rather been doing than listening on the radio in April uh, of this year when the Warriors were knocked out of the play-in tournament, you know, of the playoffs. Uh, like, I I could not picture myself doing like crocheting a blanket instead of watching the Warriors game like that. That to me is just that's not who I am. You know, sports has become this huge part of my life where I need to watch it. It's just they're the excitement of a sporting event, the the thrill of watching your team, like the, the bonds that you've built with this team that have translated into real life. It's it's tough to really articulate into words, but sports has given me a lot that you know other things just can't and haven't in my life and uh and i think it's very it's it's being a sports fan is very important for those reasons um and it may not be your traditional passion it may not be an active passion right so to speak a quote-unquote active passion where you know you're doing something or you're actively bettering yourself or you are you know constantly striving to be better Watching sports may not be that passion, but I think, but I think watching sports is definitely a legitimate passion in that you are bringing people together in that you are, you are in these communities, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook, and no matter how toxic those message boards may get, like at the end of the day, like you just, and I'm sorry for using that cliche, you want to just see your team be successful. And, and I think that's the most important thing. Uh, for any fan, but not only just being successful, just you want to have fun and sports, sports can just give people that instant, like thrill, that adrenaline rush, the fun. It's just, it's hard to describe. It's just a series of emotions. And once you attach emotions to a particular memory or subject or thing that you do, it becomes very hard to stop. And, uh, and I don't think I'll ever stop watching sports in my life. So for those of you expecting me to go on a lecture about how to crochet a blanket, I don't think that'll happen for a while. Uh, if it does, you know, when I'm 28, 29, it's probably because of the fact that the 49ers have relocated or some shit, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, at least this year, I, I, <laughs> I don't, I, or, or for the next few years, I don't think that'll be the case, unfortunately. So for those of you, those of you that want that crochet content, Go somewhere else. Actually, I have a lot of friends that do crocheting, so you know they would they would happily happily talk to you about it. But anyway, enough of sports, man. I'm done. I'm done with that. Um, December, right? It's it's December. We're in, we're officially in the holiday season. It's December fifth, sixteenth. Holy crap! 
we're almost halfway through December, which is insane. Um, and people have constantly been telling me they're like, bro, I think this is a college thing. It's probably a college thing because, you know, that's the people I'm surrounded by and the social media I'm surrounded by. Everyone's like, it's cuffing season, dude. You got to find someone so you can, you know, hang out with them now and snuggle through the winter, dog, if you know what I mean. Nah, so anyway, apparently it's cuffing season, according to uh, various Gen Z slash millennial trends, where you're supposed to find your plus one now. Um, Apparently, December is a good time to find singles. uh, So good for you, for those of you that are looking. You know, I get this question a lot. From friends, acquaintances, I guess we're at the age now at 21 where like dating is acceptable. Um, you know, like when you're 16 or 17, no one really takes your relationship seriously. But like when you get to 20, 21, 22, like and you start dating someone, it's like, oh, you're dating now. Oh, 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 you know, it's legit. 18 plus. Like it's like, okay, relationships, shit's getting real. All right, all right. Um, but a lot of people ask me, like, are you going to date? Like, will you date? Like, is this the time? Are you are you thinking, do you have someone in mind? Are you, you know, shopping around? I don't know what the hell the terms are. Honestly, I'm not. Like, I'm not looking for a relationship at this moment. Like, I'm not looking to just be like, hey, let me go and fall in love and just jump in and wazoo no that's not who i am um honestly like i think when it comes to relationships the way that i feel is i I, i'm ready like for it but i mean i feel like i'm ready mentally uh although there are definitely a lot of things that i feel like i would learn i've never been in a relationship in my life um so that's a whole separate conversation at least in like a long-term dating relationship uh and i don't think that i would like i don't think i i want that right now you know i have i have hell of a lot going on besides that i mean first of all like i live with my parents so it's not like the ideal place to date you know being at your parents house you know shopping around as the kids say these days Second of all, I, I'm not sure if I want dating apps. I'm really not. It's it's something I've been like mulling over for quite some time now. Uh, it's this whole thing of like, uh-huh, like maybe dating apps could be cool. Like you could meet new people like without having to leave your house. That's kind of legit, um, you know, and you can kind of check them out, like check profiles out. But I but I've I've heard from a lot of people and <laughs> I think like I've had limited experience on these dating apps uh, that it it's been it's very uh bot heavy uh the matches aren't great and people don't people seem to just have it for fun rather than you know actually seriously committing to something and i think that's legit i think that's fair uh but i'm just i'm again like i'm not uh i've used tinder a couple times i've used bumble a couple times i've like experimented seeing you know what's out like seeing what how they work how what the swipe right swipe left thing is and i think that's fine i think you know it was never something that like really just blew my mind or anything you know i think i might i'm not anti-dating app but i'm not pro dating app either um you know people say like oh you're better off like meeting someone uh through your passions or through school or whatever like yeah totally i agree 
Um, but I'm also like not in the mindset to do that right now. I, I don't know. Like my mind is not focused on a relationship. It's not focused on me going out and, and, you know, meeting someone. I, I could argue to you. Yeah. At 17, 18, like that was something I maybe potentially wanted. You know, when I went to college first, like I was like, maybe like, I want to actively try and date. That was like a goal of mine. Obviously didn't work out. Um, but <laughs> But like, you know, I, I think like two years removed from that, from that initial like, oh my gosh, like college, just a whole new set of people, all these potential, you know, things to do and people to meet. Like I'm over that. It's been two years. Like, I, I mean, I've lived at home obviously for quite some time now, uh, but I'm just, I don't see myself. I don't visualize myself particularly in, in, uh, in dating right now. It's just not something that I see. And it's just, it's not something I think I'm ready for. Uh, but I, I mean, like that being said, who knows, <laughs> like if the opportunity presents itself, like I could be open to it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say like, absolutely not. Like I'm so unopen. I'm so con to it. Um, but I could definitely, you know, I definitely just like at this point in my life, like want to keep things open want to keep things fresh and see what happens, you know, but <laughs> mentally though, I, and like in terms of like where I'm going, I don't see anything happening in the future. Uh, so the question of how do you feel about relationships? Anuj? that is my answer is I don't think I'm in the headspace right now. So that's where I'll leave that. Um, and I think, I think that is a fair answer. You know, I think that, I think like it normalizes that being a good answer that like, I'm not right. Like I'm just not mentally there. Uh, and I think that's cool, but I'm open to it. If, if something, if some opportunity or hypothetical situation comes up, maybe let's see. Anyway, <sighs> this, this leads into another topic of mine, uh, because I've been thinking a lot about am I being too negative when it comes to the Changabi show? Um, you know, as you know, I've had a, I had an episode last week titled horn dog theory, where I basically went in on Mindy Kaling and questioned a lot of what she was doing in terms of the way that, uh, in terms of the way that she conducted, and has created a couple of shows and, you know, series that I am not a big fan of. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I, I obviously went on a pretty big rant. I've been very vocal about my distaste for Mindy Kaling and her shows. Um, and I kinda, I think I went a little over the top. <laughs> like, I'll admit it. I, I, you know, I ranted a little bit, whatever. Totally. But I'm also thinking to myself, like, just I'm looking at all the shows that I'm, like, doing. And I'm like, am I being negative? Am I providing am I providing an equal kind of representative balance of like being positive and being negative? And I was thinking about it. And honestly, it leads to I think like where this all kind of delves from is this whole idea that like on the inside, like when you meet me as a person, I tend to be someone who's more negative. I do lean more pessimist more you know oh that's not gonna go right or like what if this goes wrong like that's definitely sort of my mentality of thinking i don't know where that comes from I'm not trying to self-therapize myself right now but i do feel that i can be very negative and i can be very pessimistic uh i'm not an optimist by any means i'm i've been trying to inject small doses of optimism into my life uh, but I, I do feel that in my heart of hearts, I am a very negative person. And I, and, and I think the way that I've changed 
of being negative is that in high school, not even in high school, but just like when I was younger, I used to say like, oh, I'm being realistic. You know, like that's just a fact. Like I'm being freaking realistic. Like this is not going to go over well. And then, you know, as I got older, I was like, hold on. Why are you thinking like that? Why why is it always that, oh, it's going to go bad or this is not going to be good or the situation is going to, you know, go awry? Like, why, why are you thinking in that state? Why is there no, hold on one second. Like, let's let's think this through and think of something positive that could happen. And I think recognizing it is definitely the first step, but also like executing on it takes a while. And I'm not, by no means am I an optimist. Like I will tell you that right off the bat, even now at 21, I'm not an optimist, but I, I'm just definitely something I've been working on is being more optimistic, being more positive, leaning on the more positive side. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to continue to be a work in progress, but uh, you know, am I too negative? And I think, does it come out in my podcast topics? You know, like, my, does my personality project in the way that I present information? And that's something I've been, you know, uh, trying to analyze for quite some time here. But I don't personally know. Uh, it's, you know, I think it'll, it'll kind of, uh, you know, I, I'll have to have more conversations with people that listen to the episodes. Tell me if, you know, my stuff is negative all the time or if it's too positive or whatever. But I think finding a balance is tricky, you know, between the stuff that like people want to hear or like people versus like the stuff people don't want to hear. And also like the positive perspective versus the negative perspective, because there's a variety of both. There is a lot of negativeness in the world. And there is a lot of like being negative in terms of specific moments. Like I'm very negative when it comes to politics. I'm very negative when it comes to Mindy Kaling, but maybe I should, you know, present like, oh my gosh, like at least we have somebody, you know, compared to 20 years ago when South Asian representation was nothing. I mean, positives in politics today, at least it's not Donald Trump. I mean, like, you know, like it's not, um, and sorry to my Trump supporters out there, you know, you probably uh, listened to that and were like, wow, what a fucking asshole. He's so negative, you know? So like, this is the whole thing, right? It's just like, ah, like, I don't, I don't understand um, this whole, you know, the, the negative thing. Someone is going to be unhappy. That's the point. Um, someone is always unhappy uh, with any take I post. Uh, and you know, that's, that's okay. But you just gotta, I just gotta just be like, yo, like I respect that you're unhappy, but that's my opinion. And, you know, struggling to share that is, is definitely, uh, it's, it's a challenge, but I'm working through it. Uh, been trying to like increase the quality of the podcast. There's a lot of big announcements that I have coming next year. I've been working on some stuff. Um, not content wise, but more so like brand wise, uh, you know, quality wise, and just like kind of the behind the scenes action regarding the podcast. I have a lot of stuff in the works. It's not necessarily like complete yet. I can't sit here and tell you like, oh my gosh, like it's, it's done. Um, but there is a lot of, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of work being done on the behind the scenes end of things. You know, I know a lot of people have had some complaints about the camera quality and about the lighting and, you know, some people say I repeat myself too much in my content, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you, dad, for that criticism. You're not going to watch this because you don't. Anyway, <laughs> if you if you watch that, shout out. Uh, but 
you know, I mean, uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I've been that I'm working on right now with the podcast and and particularly with quality and and all of that. And and it's it's definitely like it feels like for the first time, like I'm really committing to something, you know, um, and I think it's cool. Like, I think it's cool that I, I I've like definitely just gone the full nine yards and am doing the quality adjustments necessary and are looking into lighting and then looking into this and that. And, and that's dope. And I'm so happy that I've been able to do that, you know, because, uh, three years ago I would have been too scared to put monetary value down, but now like I'm, I'm really putting my, my money where my mouth is with this thing and, and trying to make some stuff happen. Uh, so <laughs> that's kind of cool. I mean, I, I, I'm really like starting to see I guess like with the, with my creative projects, like I'm starting to like go more full into it. And I really, I'm like proud of myself for that. You know, I don't say like, I, I don't really vocalize self pride that often. It's something I'm trying to get better at in that I'm not good at telling myself that I did good uh, or that I've done good. I'm not really good at celebrating that, you know, because I worry that if I celebrate it, then I'm getting too happy and that I'm going to lose out on the future. But I really just want to be like fucking like proud of myself. And I am. I am. You know why? Because I'm telling you, five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Five years ago, I would not, I would not even have the guts to put up a camera and talk the shit that I talk today. Right. And I am so happy that I'm finally like, you know, expressing this side of myself and I think it's opened me up to being more honest with my friends being more honest with my family and everybody um and I'm glad like this podcast has given me more than I could have imagined in terms of like how I've been able to apply the lessons that I've learned in the podcast to uh different aspects of my life and I couldn't be more thankful so that's cool uh, but <laughs> back to the, the fact that I am increasing a lot of behind the scenes content, I just wanted to shout out myself and say that I'm very proud of myself for putting my money where my mouth is and trying to get this shit to work and blow up one day. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see. We'll see. Uh, see, there's the negativity. Ah, God, see, ah, see, it's too much work to be done on myself. Uh, which is why I can't be in cuffing season right now. See how all of this ties together? I'm I'm a fucking genius. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I've been really struggling recently, honestly, uh, with uh, not body image, but more so like eating. Uh, in that I I really enjoy junk food, man. I really do. I really like I really like eating pizza. I really love it. Um, the, the satisfaction I get when I eat some fucking gross, like oily, greasy, disgusting food is great. I love it. And then the next morning you feel terrible, but, but I still love it. I've been trying to consistently eat healthy, uh, which is something I haven't done since college. Uh, honestly, the pandemic really fucked my eating habits. I, I became more lazy and, and all that. And I'm trying to like unlearn that. Um, I've been really inconsistent with like fitness and like really, you know, being, uh, in shape, uh, which is scary. I've been, I've been, you know, trying to get back into it, be more in shape, be more tapped in, in regards to like my physical health. Uh, it's something I've been, you know, I think it's very important 
and I'm really trying to work on being healthy. But at the same time, like I just really do enjoy like being a lazy ass. Like that is like my biggest hobby is I love sitting in bed on my computer doing nothing productive. But then I get anxiety and <laughs> I need to do other things. Like I can't do that for more than 15 minutes without getting scared that I'm not doing something. Um, but that's just me. Uh, but I'm trying to constantly, I'm trying to be like healthy for a long period of time, I guess is my point that I'm trying to make is like, I really want to just like hit the health grind heavy, like, like big and just, you know, attempt to just be in shape, be healthy, be putting food into my stomach that is, is good for me rather than, you know, just makes me feel good for about five minutes before, you know, you realize like, oh God, <laughs> that's going to take a while to burn off. But uh, it doesn't help working at a pizza place. You know, you, you, you lose track. I've been, I've been trying to eat a little healthier, you know, just do salads instead of pizza, that type of thing. So, you know, we're working on it. We're working, we're working on it. It'll happen. Um, I'm just, I'm trying to, you know, take it day by day. And if I do want a pizza one day, fuck it. I want a pizza one day. You know what? Yeah, that's it. But eating healthy on a budget is a whole other thing, dude. That it, like you cannot be broken eat healthy I, unless you you know it's it's so hard. It's so hard. Even people like it is very difficult to be broken eat on a budget, eat healthy on a budget. Anyway, oh man, I'm tired. But I'm not tired for you guys because I can't show that type of energy. I have to be vigorous. I have to have youthful vigor. Speaking of which, y'all, you know, I was almost cast on a TV show. Do you guys know this? Can I tell you a story? Can I tell you a story? Okay, okay, I'll tell I'll tell you a story. Um, I was almost cast on a TV show. What? Uh, and this show is currently out on Netflix right now. It's called Twenty Somethings Austin. Um, so do you want to know the story? Okay, so it's not like a crazy story or anything. Um, basically like Instagram targeted me as their consumer, because as someone who loves media and, you know, TV and all that stuff, uh, I do a lot of, you know, Google searches in regards to, you know, pop culture and whatnot. Cause you know, I have a show about pop culture. I gotta do what I gotta do. I got a Google form notification. Uh, this was gosh, probably like November, December last year. So this was even before the Chankavi show was like conceived. But I, I had this Google form thing that came up on my computer one day and I was bored and I was like, screw it. Like literally this time last year. Um, and so what did I do? I just put it up. Like I, I just submitted the information. It was like, what's your name? Like, are you, how old are you? 21. Perfect. Like you fit the age category. Like, what are you doing with your life? What's your life story? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, check a bunch of boxes and submit it. It was like, okay, cool. And I talked about podcasting and, you know, how I'm Indian and all that stuff, blah, 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 whatever. Submitted. It was like an official Netflix Google form. So it was legit. It wasn't like some fucking sketch ass thing where it was like, I'm Nigerian prince. Give me $4,000 or die. Right. So it wasn't like stupid. A couple weeks later, I get an email. that's like, hey, like we loved your application. Uh, we'd love you to submit one more supplementary thing, blah, blah, blah. It's for the show where you'd get the chance to live in Austin for like five months and, uh, and you know, hang out with people and blah, blah, blah. And I read through the kind of supplemental draft or contract thing. And it literally was like, it felt like I was going to go play fucking, or it literally felt like I was signing a contract for, or not signing a contract, but like reading a preliminary thing for Jersey Shore. And I was sitting there and I was like, Jesus, 
I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to go play Jersey Shore. Also, like, my parents would freak the fuck out <laughs> if they found out that I was uh, going on a Netflix casting or Netflix show uh, titled 20 somethings um, with a bunch of people that are older than I am. And, you know, I'm a tremendously awkward human being. So that would not have, that would not have gone well. I really like, and I watched the first episode and I was like, wow, I do not fit in. I would not fit into this group. Um, there's like one nerdy guy. So like, I think I would have like been friends with him, but maybe, maybe I would have been the nerdy guy instead of him. Right. Maybe I was the typecast they were looking for. I don't know, man. I don't know. But I almost got cast on 20 somethings Austin and and I mean, I mean, I mean, like I could have been famous. I could have been famous. Almost famous. Almost famous. Great movie, by the way. Watch it if you haven't already. Anyway, I did almost get cast on a TV show, and that's my story. So, no, I didn't almost get cast. It was literally like, here's a supplementary application. Submit this video and do a bunch of work. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Long story short, I'm not on 20-somethings Austin, so you can't catch me there at 9-7 Central or whatever the fuck it is. Anyway. Dude, and that get, leads me to this, right? I'm 21, but I feel 47. Uh, in that, like, I'm a really, I'm a, I'm a young person, okay? Theoretically, like, look at my birth certificate. I'm pretty young. Um, and yet... Everyone perceives me like I'm some old man um, that like I, you know, oh, like he doesn't know how to use technology at the pace that the younger influencers do or like, oh, like he doesn't drink as much alcohol as the, you know, as his peers do or, oh, like <laughs> what is another thing? Like he's so what is like an old man thing? Like he watches football and drinks beer on Sundays. I don't know. But like, <laughs> I feel like not only do people perceive me as that, I'm starting to feel myself that I feel like I'm really, I, I'm really young person. Like I am young, like in terms of, you know, my age and some of my interests, like this podcast is a very young person, Gen Z thing to do. Like I want to drop out of college. Like it's a very Gen Z thing to do. Um, and then you have like more other characteristics of like me being, you know, there, there are just other old soul characteristics that I have that, you know, are very like, oh, like I, you know, I value working and I value hard work and I value going and getting a job and this, that, and the other. Um, and I don't necessarily value like social media at the high levels that people do, even though like, I have a podcast. So, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I really do feel a lot older than I'm supposed to. And it scares me, but it also like makes me smile because I, I do enjoy like, you know, having some level of maturity in some areas. There are some areas where I am the most immature motherfucker you'll ever meet in your life. Uh, E.g. like dating. I, I would cry. Um <laughs> But I also feel like in other areas like career, finances, um, you know, like life stuff, the way like where I want to go, like how I how I carry myself in, in particular career situations. Like I feel like uh, or even like in some social situations, I feel like I'm much older than I put on. And I think that can be a good thing. And I think that can be a bad thing. But uh, but I feel 40. 
I don't act, you know, sometimes I act five, sometimes I act 35, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm a highly volatile person. I'm the Tesla motors of individuals. So shout out to Tesla. Um, if you own their stock, because it just goes up and down, up and down. Uh, wow. Did not expect me to compare myself to Tesla anyway, in terms of my maturity, but yeah, I do feel old. Uh, so maybe I wouldn't have fit in on this 20 somethings Austin TV show. Uh, that I was almost cast on. I was I was going to be the star. Okay, let's admit. Let's let's like all of us who are listening to this right now. Can we all can we all sit here and say that I would have been the fucking star of the show? Okay, I would have been the goddamn Leonardo DiCaprio of Twenty Somethings Austin. Anyway, <laughs> I feel like I say anyway a lot. I'm not gonna you know I'm gonna try to say that less. So speaking of being young. I feel like I'm at the age right now, 21, 22, this kind of time uh, in, in my life where a lot of my peers are starting to graduate college and are, you know, graduating college slash graduating early slash doing all these great things, incredible things um, at a very young age. You know, this is the era of social media where opportunity is in your face. Like, and I am lucky that I have a lot of friends who have multiples of thousands of followers on their social medias for doing great things, for making good content, for being good people. Um, and for, you know, being, (laughs) being what, so what Gen Z deems them to be, you know, valid creators. And that's cool. It's cool that I have a couple creator friends that have done it that are not have done it, but like have, have been successful. It's it's cool to like see that and be like look up to them and be like damn like I can do it too if, if they can do it like I I can definitely do it like they come from the same area right they went to my high school or like even in other areas like in other fields like you see like other kids you know in your grade like that were sitting next to you in math class and suddenly like they're working SWE at a Google like it's like what the f like what like hold on or like you know the kid that you know you would sit next to at lunch suddenly you know graduating from ucla three and a half years like it's like whoa 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 like wow you know life is life moves quick uh so i'm at that sort of pivotal time in 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 my life where things are just moving and people are moving on and people are going to all these grand stages and doing awesome things and, and i totally respect that uh and I know a lot of TikTokers. There were a couple TikTokers in my high school that have definitely blown up. A couple influencers, a couple people on social media that are like doing great things with their social platform and trying to, you know, uh, do things in their respective industries. There's this one particular TikToker I want to talk about real quick uh, from my high school. Great person. They're a great individual. Um, I've known them since, like, I've known them since middle school almost. And, they they recently uh, got famous on TikTok for doing uh, some skits, but also, uh, you know, they are promoting various other things uh, that other projects that they're involved in and, and they're doing great. They're doing awesome. And I totally respect that. And and honestly, like all the love, like right here. <laughs> but th- like this individual is has on a couple occasions, this isn't like a regular situation this particular individual has posted a lot about um or or has posted a lot about how they were treated negatively in in high school and 
they were treated negatively and they were seen as the bottom and they were called homeless and they were bullied and all of these various individual things. Um, but it was weird because I saw that and I saw like two or three, four posts like that, uh, of this individual saying that they were doubted and that they were put at the bottom and that their peers were kicking them down. And I, I remember very specifically in high school, and I'm not trying to like take away from this person's internal experience because who knows bullying could have totally happened. Uh, but this individual, you know, from my perception and maybe, you know, perception, it doesn't, isn't always reality. I'm totally with that. This person in my perception was like a, one of the most charismatic people I've ever met. Uh, really just bringing people in constantly had people surrounding them, uh, was very, uh, involved in various student organizations, just, this person was like everywhere. They were, they were the shit. Like they, they kind of had, they kind of had it together. They were pretty popular. And for them to kind of make these sort of things up, uh, not make it up, but at least in my view, like, it's like, what? like, that's not true. You know, I don't think that this person was necessarily like on the bottom all the time. I think they were on top. Like I thought they were on top most of the time. You know, I thought in terms of, and, and that got me thinking uh, in terms of identity and like this individual, obviously this individual is entitled to their opinion and they can say whatever they want because it's their platform. And, and frankly, they, they have way more followers than I have and possibly will ever have. So good for them. But it got me thinking, I was like, I don't ever want to like lie about my identity. Like I, I don't ever want to like lie about my experience in terms of, and I'm not, I, I personally think it's a lie uh, of what this individual is saying, but who knows there, are, you know, there's so many different stories and narratives of the way high school goes. It's a very complicated time in people's lives. And, and maybe I didn't see all of it, but for me, like what I saw, like what I want and, I, and like what that got me thinking about was like, I don't ever want to lie in terms of like my narrative, in terms of like the, the way I was brought up. Like I was never, you know, like I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I was a complete loser outcast in high school. You know, um, <laughs> I wasn't, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think I was a complete outcast. I, I think like to a certain extent, I, I had very little limited friends uh, due to a variety of factors, but you know, we can talk about my high school social existence when it comes up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel like it's relevant right now. But I mean, that that really did definitely get me thinking like, I okay, like there are a lot of people out there that are getting clout and that are coming up with stories that, you know, social media isn't always reality. You know, these same people that uh, are putting up great content and you could think are like, whoa, like he's or he's cool. She's cool. They're cool. Like in reality, like they could have been totally different people. Uh, if you've met them in real life and you know, they, they could have variety of different experiences and all of these different things that you may not otherwise think of right off the bat like that. So I don't know, uh, this particular individual TikToker that went to my high school, like I wish him nothing but the best They're Sorry. I said their gender. Um, but I wish them nothing but the best. I really hope that uh, they have all the success in the world and uh, it's nothing but luck. Like, honestly, like I, I really do wish nothing but the best for them. And, and I, I, yeah, like there's nothing more to say because I, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just, I don't have anything else to say because I, I don't know. Like I, I'm at a loss for words for some reason uh, that doesn't usually happen to me. Maybe it's cause I'm tired. 
But I got one more topic to talk about, and then I'll leave you all. I know it's been 47 minutes of me ranting and pulling hairs off my microphone and adjusting the camera and freaking out and all that. So I'll leave you with this. The, the whole TikToker situation at my high school and like me really processing that and thinking about it, it got me thinking like what types of people really get on my nerves? Who like really just like, like grinds my gears in my head? And I've officially come to an answer about this question. Ivy League, elite private school, elite public school, individual kids, for the most part, for the most part, really get my gears going. Specifically those who major in tech. uh, And specifically those who are men, uh, for the most part. So, (laughs) I understand. That's a very... uh, uh, niche subset of like people who really grind my gears. No, I really, I honestly thought of this like as because like I'll, I'll like Instagram, you know, go through people's stories and whatnot. And I saw like two or three or four like tech douches or people who I perceive as tech douches, uh, you know, and, and saw their like, saw their stories and I was like, yeah, I'm so glad I never have to talk to these people ever again. Um, I don't like tech bros. I really don't. And particularly those at like my high, like at my high school or from my general area. So I grew up in the Silicon Valley. So everybody, you know, for the most part is pursuing a career in tech or data science or computer science, or if they're feeling really fucking frisky, uh, fucking systems engineering right like that's most of my friends most of my peer group most of the people that i interacted with uh for a specific stage of my life and and my community uh, are going after these you know sort of nine to five hundred and fifty k plus paying jobs out of college and they are the biggest douches on the planet i'm not saying it's everybody because there are people out there who really love tech and they love engineering and they will, you know, spend their days if they could for free just on fucking circuit boards. Like that's that's the type of people that they are. I'm not saying this is everyone. But there are a lot of tech douches at our high schools. Okay. Little mini tech bro douches that are going to eventually move to San Francisco and, you know, claim to come up with the next fucking crypto startup and, you know, be super cocky and mean and rude to other people. Uh, and look down upon their, you know, other peers doing other things. That, that It's just, it happens. I don't know what it is about tech bros. It's just this very specific attitude. There are good things about tech bros. You know, they're ambitious, they're confident, they're smart. Um, yeah, some of them are smart. Some of them just bullshit. And they don't know what they're really talking about. But I I don't know. It's just this, it's this image of like tech bros. And there's like a couple people in particular that I think about when it comes to tech bros, but I'm not going to like say their names because I would be an asshole if I did. But I don't know. It's just they're everything from their fucking haircut. <laughs> All tech bros, dude, they have the same stupid, like they're trying to get the flow going. Like they try to act like they're some fucking surfer bros from Santa Cruz when in reality, all they want to do is like sit behind their computer and code for Cisco systems all day. Right? Like it's just ugh. like they have the same dumb haircut. They, they like post the same shit on Instagram pretending like, you know, they're, they're like doing all these things and they're from free spirit and all that. And you know, they <laughs> tech pros are just, you know, for the most part, like they, they like overemphasize the shit out of like the littlest of accomplishments. And usually, usually they go to school in like one of four places, right? UIUC, University of freaking Michigan, Cal Berkeley, ugh, and 
um what's the other one like ucla right or like ucla slash stanford like those are the ones that like i think of and i'm just like ah like you're so annoying i hate you no i don't hate them i just really dislike them i don't know it's just it's attitude i think it's mostly attitude because they look at you and they're like (laughs) dude you haven't read fucking schrodinger's cat yet you're a goddamn stupid bitch. You have a podcast? You have a podcast? Bitch, I make 200 k a year at Meta Platforms, bro. 200 Hundo! And maybe that's just like, you know, me like over-exaggerating. It probably is. And that's why this is the most highly opinionated show on the internet. But tech bros are some of the most annoying people I've ever interacted with in my life. And I know tech bros from probably about the age of like my age, like 2021, who are just getting their first internships at Salesforce, Netflix, Meta, um, Microsoft, wherever. And then I know tech bros who are like 27, 28. They're getting up there. You know, they've had jobs for a while. Their ego is rising. They drink the green juice. They're on hinge. Their biggest personality traits is that they're angel investors. Or maybe they're just taking money from their dad's bank account. Okay, okay, I'm done. I promise. Um, Anyway, I don't know. It's funny. I, I, I talk so much like beauty about the Bay and there's so many good things and like all this stuff. But dude, tech has brought some freaking complete douchebags to this area. <laughs> and tech has brought this real like tech has brought this like I am better than you attitude, which I don't like. I think it comes with the nature of like tech in general because everything is constantly moving. You're going to the next product. You're trying to upgrade. You're trying to be better. And so you hence like the people kind of have to adapt with that attitude of like I'm the best and there's no one that can take me down. Um, so maybe it's that. Maybe that's where the attitude comes from. But Silicon Valley has brought a lot of douchebags into this area. So shout out to you if you're a Silicon Valley tech bro. I think you're a douche, but honestly, all douches are welcome on this podcast. So please feel free to hit me up if you think you are a tech douche and uh, we can have uh, a little therapy program for you um, and have a conversation about your douchery. But that's for another time because this episode of the after show is over. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all of you. 53 minutes in the books. Um, appreciate everybody for listening a lot of rambling a lot of me talking about various different things that have been on my mind recently you can tell why this is the after show and not the real show because this is rambling this is me having fun and the real show is me having uh fun but also talking about real topics that i have researched in depth and not incomplete you know uh thoughts like these Anyway, if you didn't enjoy this, I said anyway again, uh, like and subscribe uh, if you're on Facebook, or sorry, if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, click the follow button. Feel free to share this to all of your friends. Uh, My social medias will be linked down below in both Spotify and YouTube episodes of the show. I'm going to be timestamping everything from now on. Did it on the last Changabi show, so I'm going to do it here as well. Uh, So make sure you check those timestamps out if you want to see like, oh, like this is, you know, I want to hear him talk about this topic, whatever it is. Uh, So definitely do that. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Every listen counts. So I appreciate you if you listen for 10 seconds, if you listen for five minutes, if you listen to the end, I appreciate every single one of you. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. I hope you guys have an amazing holiday season. I will see you back here next week. 
uh, for another Changavi show. And then we'll be back with another after show maybe, or maybe I'll take a break during the holidays. I don't know. I'll call an audible on that one. We'll see how I'm feeling. But anyway, thank you guys so much. I appreciate all of you. Have a good night or day or afternoon. Okay. I'm going to end this because it's really awkward now. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you.